Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. I want to talk about giving your work away today. And uh, I came across an account of somebody that inspired me, a working class musician from the 1700s Germany. And so I don't have much to do with this person. I just read up about him. I'm familiar with his music and inspired by his account. A working class musician from 1700s Germany. Here's his deal. For his entire professional life, he struggled for recognition, appreciation and opportunity. He was the equivalent of a 1700 pub gig musician going around from place to place and in some instances even kicked out because his music wasn't received. He didn't come to fame until 100 years after his death when somebody discovered some of the compositions that he had handwritten and was blown away with the gift and the grace that this working class musician had laid down their entire life to perform. This working class musician during the most prolific season of his life set himself a challenge that he accomplished where for three years straight, he would write a fresh, clean, new set each and every week, handwrite out the notes, the the scores, and he would write them out. He would train his musicians. He would perform it each week only to repeat it again for three years. This man named Johann Sebastian Bach. Now I say all this with a very clear confession. I do not listen to classical music. (laughs) It's about as far removed from my normal taste in music as possible. But I am an avid movie watcher. And man, anytime that symphony comes on playing Bach, it gets you. He was an artist. But in reality, he was a working class musician. When they discovered his compositions, handwritten 100 years after his passing and orchestras started playing his work and people started to realise that this was the work of somebody truly gifted in what they did, they recognised that on most of these handwritten scores, besides his signature, Johann Sebastian Bach would put two other initials almost every time. He would write a JJ at the start of his score before almost he's written anything else. I can imagine him sitting down at his desk over candlelight, being booted out of whatever location is booted out and writing another score. And he would start by initialing the work with JJ. That in his language was there to signify Jesu Java which literally meant, Jesus, help me. He would always finish his scores with another initial before he put his own signature on it. It was almost like the cap end of his work. And in that, he would write the initials SDG, standing for Sol Deo Gloria, to God be the glory alone. Isn't it interesting that this working class musician would acknowledge his need for Jesus before he went about his work and as he completed his work, he would then dedicate it to God. 
Isn't that a picture of work today? I don't know about you, but much of my work starts with Jesus help me in a sense of desperation. Jesu Java. And then it moves from that desperation point of Jesus help me to the gifts, the abilities, the equipping by the Holy Spirit to where we can get to a position where we can lay aside our work and give it away to God Himself and say, just like Johann Sebastian Bach, soul, Deo, Gloria, to God be the glory alone. Whatever you do today, whatever your role is, Wherever you are, whether you're a student, you're in the marketplace, I want to even acknowledge today that those that are full-time parents, you are carrying a full-time workload yourself. And whatever you do, God wants to give you the gifts, the abilities, the anointing, the grace, the power, the authority, everything that you need so you can initial your life with JJ, Jesus alone. I'm desperate for you. And you can seal the deal by saying, whatever I do, I give it to you, God, out of glory. I want to talk to you today about giving your work away. That in fact, the fulfilment of what we do is not found in what we do. It's found in why we do it. It's found in why we do it. It's found in the fact that a working class musician did not get the praise, did not get the opportunities, did not get the breakthrough that he desired in his life. But a hundred years after the fact, we are still playing his music today. Why? Because there's a legacy left when work is dedicated to God. It goes far beyond yours or my life. In fact, your marketplace is a place where you can sow seeds that will last an eternity in the hearts of the people you even work with. Your marketplace is a mission field and you have been placed there by God to shape, to mould and to give in Jesus' name. You're called to give your work away. So I want to encourage you with some thoughts on how do you do that? How, how do we live our life like Johann Sebastian Bach and give our work away? I want to challenge us to engage our heart in all we do. I want to encourage us that we're called to live dedicated. And I want to just push on the point that we are called to develop ourselves in the process. First thought, we are called to engage our heart. This answers the question of why do I work? Colossians 3, 23 to 24 says this, whatever you do, do it from the heart. I've got to say that again. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. This portion of Scripture was written to a church in a city called Colossus, and it was written by the Apostle Paul. And as he's writing, the context is that he's writing to a group of people in the marketplace. He's not writing to pastors or preachers. He's writing to marketplace professionals. And he set the scene of this scripture by addressing a particular working class group, a group that I'm thankful doesn't exist here in Australia today, but was a vital part of the culture that the Apostle Paul was speaking into. It's interesting that when I mentioned this group, it may be offensive for some, and I'm sure it would be for many, but this was a 
organisation. This was a, a way of work that was commonplace in that society. And the Apostle Paul, while giving no comment on whether it was good or bad, still challenged them to give their all. He was addressing people called bond servants, people who had freely chosen to become slaves. And in that culture, people would choose to become slaves and serve households or businesses and family groups because often they were left with no other option for their own survival. Some people had been caught up in debt and the only way they could possibly pay off their debt was to give years of their life serving a family or a business to pay it off. Others were left with no place to live and no avenue to receive food or clothing and so would have to freely choose to enter into an agreement where they served and gave their time. They were slaves. And it's interesting that the Apostle Paul writes to slaves and says, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. I don't know about you. Maybe you feel like a slave in the workplace. Maybe you feel like there's a lack of awareness and opportunity and I don't know where to go and I just feel like I'm just clocking on and clocking off and I'm going about, 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 I'm going about and the words of the Apostle Paul would ring true to stay today. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. So we live in a culture and in a time where so many of us are challenged to find our worth out of what we do. So many of us are challenged to find our worth out of the titles that we're given, out of the positions that we have. And it would be the heart of God that we wouldn't get caught up in that way of living. Because I promise you, if that is your motivation for work, then we're working for people. In a sense of we're working for the appreciation, we're working for the pat on the back, we're working at the lowest level. I've got to say the lowest level of work is to simply work for an income because none of that will ever fulfil. None of that can fulfil because in anything that you are doing, if you're working for people, you will never get what you need because there's no such thing as a perfect person. There's no such thing as a divine opportunity that comes solely through a person for you to feel fulfilled. Your work cannot fulfil you. I'm sorry to say. Your work cannot fulfil you. But engaging your heart in your work and saying, I will work with everything I have, not solely for such and such, but as a way of honouring God with what he's given me to work with reframes the identity of every worker. What if you work in the workplace as a gift to God? What if what you do in the clocking on and clocking off and the mundane and the boring and the I don't feel like it and it's too cold to go out this morning, what if in that you were doing it by engaging your heart and saying, God, You give me an identity in this because I am not my work. I am not what I do. I am who you are making me to be. And people who allow their heart to be engaged in their workplace, in the marketplace, those people are the ones who mature as followers of Jesus so much quicker than others. Because what God does is He allows where you are to shape you and mould you and transform you by His grace. 
But it all takes an active participation on our part. Lord God, am I willing to give you my work? Am I willing to bookend my work with a sense of desperation? I can't do this apart from you, but in this I'm going to do this and give it to you. In everything that I have, work with your heart. Why work? Why do it? Why not? Why not do it as a way to serve God? Why not do it as a way to honour him for the gifts and the grace that he's given you? Why not do it for the family that he's blessed you with? Why not do it for the opportunity to develop and expend a business that does not belong to you but belongs to somebody else and by you being there, you can make it better than what it ever could be? Why not invest into your school if you're a teacher so that you can leave a lasting legacy and inspire your students? Why not if you're involved in healthcare, give your heart to your patients so that they know they are not a number but they are a human being that deserves love. Why not engage your heart in what you do? If you're involved in administration work, why not engage your heart with your team members, those around you who will stand by the cooler and the topic of conversation are often things that you do not want to participate in, but you can introduce the love of God even there with the odd comment that would challenge people that there's more to live for. So many people are living aimlessly because their fulfilment is found in their work and they will always live aimlessly until they learn to dedicate their work to Jesus and say, Lord God, give me a purpose that goes beyond myself. (laughs) Work will not fulfil, but having a relationship that is living and vibrant and invades your workplace with the Kingdom of God will always give you something to work towards. Engage your heart. I say that in all seriousness because nobody can do that for you. Only you know if you've engaged your heart. Only you know if you're willing to give of yourself. And I understand that you open yourself up to pain and disappointment and discouragement, but there's no other way to live to grow. That if you learn to shut yourself off in the marketplace, you learn to shut yourself off from what God wants to do to grow you and extend you. Make the choice. Engage your heart. Secondly, I'd encourage you to develop you. Develop you. This speaks to me about paying the price. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27 says, Don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way to win the prize. Now, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. So I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. I myself will not be disqualified. The Apostle Paul here is writing again to another church in a city called Corinth. He's writing about his ministry, his work. His work was set apart by God to grow and develop local churches. So he is writing about himself. He's writing about his work. He's writing about the fact that he does not want to disqualify himself And the key thought there is that he makes a choice or the communication that he's committed through self-discipline, self-control, 
to develop what God has given him so that he can live his life in such a way that he will not be disqualified. That he runs the race of life as it represents in the work that he's been given to do and he's able to do it effectively, powerfully and leave a legacy that goes beyond himself. But I'm mindful that the Apostle Paul, again, is not speaking to the front row who were ministers and pastors and such. He's speaking to an entire church of people who lived out their lives in the marketplace. And it relates to you and I today in whatever area and field you are because God would call each and every one of us to develop us. Notice the Apostle Paul uses the word I. He says in verse 27, Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. He's not putting the blame or the expectation on God to do something that He is called to do Himself. You know, nowhere in Scripture will it say that God will mature you outside of your willingness to participate with Him. God will not work with people who do not come close to Him. Scripture clearly says, Jesus, His own words, those who abide in me, I abide in them. Those who draw near to God, He draws near to them. What is the emphasis on? It's on what are we choosing to do? Apostle Paul says, I, I develop you. It's not magic. It's not you just go to bed one night and say, God, would you just do a matrix thing and download everything I need? It's through hard work. It's through dedication. It's through training. It's through development. This speaks to me about the fact of whatever area you find yourself in, in the marketplace, be an expert in it. Be excellent in it. Learn it. Know it. So you rise above, so that you become a linchpin of your organisation. If you're a business owner, understand the times and the seasons that you're in so that you can see things happening before they happen. You are called to be an expert at whatever you do because God's grace is in you and He's working out of you. Develop you. You know, my younger brother, Matthew, is a living inspiration to me. Uh, He hasn't been over here to Rockingham to visit yet. He lives over, still in my hometown in New South Wales. And I miss him, love him. We grew up very close, two years apart. Didn't really look like brothers growing up. I was this tall, skinny beanpole with messy hair and he was this shorter, stocky guy with huge shoulders. I found my identity at school through sports, captaining, through playing, through doing things. And he tried. Unfortunately for him, I used him as my crash test dummy when I was into cricket and I was a fast bowler. And I swear I hit him in the places you should not hit people with a cricket ball, sometimes on purpose. And I apologise, Matthew. When Rhiannon and I left our hometown to relocate to Southeast Asia, my brother had gone through a difficult season. See, all growing up, I, I'd wanted to get out and get amongst people. He was a tinkerer. He was a fix-it. He would repair things. He, he had a gift. It was an amazing gift, a gift I couldn't understand. Friends of his would give him Xboxes to repair and he'd repair them. I have no idea how he learned to do it. He could just do it. And he had a dream and a desire to become an electrician. And a local businessman had given him an opportunity and mistreated him terribly and abused him and used him to the point where he couldn't work for that businessman anymore. And his only option was to come work with me 
at a certain quick restaurant experience that had golden arches. And when we left, we left him in that job and I could see there was an opportunity for him to grow and develop in that environment and manage it and step into a bit of a leadership opportunity. But he made a decision that he would not go down that road. He wanted to be an electrician. So there was no other opportunity for him but to harass the local TAFE daily and say, put me in your apprenticeship program. Put me in, put me in, put me in, put me in. And they would always say back, have you got an electrician that's backing you? No, I don't. No, I don't. Nobody would take him. He was mature age at that point. Nobody would take him. And he just harassed, he harassed, he harassed, and somehow they relented and said, right, we're going to let you in, but you have to pay your own way. He was the only one there for six months, going three days a week to TAFE, that had paid their own way and had no electrician backing them. And they were saying to him, if you don't find a sparky to take you on, all this work means nothing. Sacrificed hours of work, sacrificed his own finances. Why? So he could develop himself. Eventually, a phone call comes through TAFE. Do you have any apprentices that are looking for a change? Oh, we know one. He got his job, got his opportunity, finished his apprenticeship as a mature age apprentice and is now working his dream job looking after major projects regionally. My brother is an inspiration to me because he could have chosen an option that others would play out for him. But instead, he was willing to sacrifice and give. He was willing to develop the gifts that God had latent put inside him. And he was willing to sacrifice to the point that it was going to take six months without any expectation, without any hope that somebody would take him on, except for the fact that if I don't do this, I'm going to burn up on the inside. And I want to say to you today, whatever area you find yourself in now, God can use that to grow you and extend you. If you're willing to allow God by His Spirit to develop you where you're at. Don't beat the air like a boxer, shadow boxing the wind. Don't run the race in a way that disqualifies you. Allow God to challenge you and say, if I need to get better, I will. If I need to learn, I shall. I will be an expert because God has graced you in that area. And if not you, why not? Engage your heart develop you. My final thought, live dedicated. This speaks to me about skill acquisition. Two scriptures as we bring this to a close. Proverbs 22, 29 says, do you see a person skilled in his work? He will stand in the presence of kings. He will not stand in the presence of the unknown. Exodus 35, 30 to 35 Moses then said to the Israelites, Look, the Lord has appointed by name Bez-A-Lel, pretty sure that's how you pronounce it, of Ur, son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. He has filled him with God's spirit, with wisdom, understanding, and ability in every kind of craft to design artistic works in gold, silver, and bronze. He has filled them with skill to do all the work of a gem cutter, a designer, an embroiderer in blue, purple, scarlet yarn and fine linen and a weaver. They can do every kind of craft and design artistic things. This portion of Scripture is talking about a time where 
The Hebrews have come through 400 years of slavery. They've been a nation without a land, been a people without a purpose. And as Moses leads the people through a wilderness to go enter into the land that God had promised their forefathers, during the process, they are established with a new identity. During the process, they encounter their God, for many of them, for the first time. And in the process, God initiates something that had never happened before, that He was going to erect in the midst of this community a permanent dwelling place that would be permanent and portable. But to design this thing, which was called the tabernacle, which is basically a blinged out tent. None of them had the skill for this. They had been slaves, making bricks, building structures. None of them had studied. It wasn't an architect amongst them, designer, an artisan. It says that God gave a download by Spirit. It says He filled them with skill. That word filled in the original language means to set apart and consecrate. It means to give the ability for something. And I want to say to those of us today that feel like we're on the edge. Some of you I know feel like you've hit your capacity. Some of you I know feel like you're stepping out each and every week. And maybe it's not even in the marketplace. Maybe it's just in life in general. Maybe you feel like you're walking on a bridge only for each slat to give way as soon as you just put weight on it. And you feel like the world is caving in around you. I want to encourage you that God has the grace, the anointing and the empowerment available for you to receive what you need the skills, the wisdom, the understanding, the ability to not be ruled by what you do, but to rule it instead. You are an artisan. You are a creative because God Himself created you. Where the world would say, just fall under the anxiety, God by His Spirit would say, why don't you dedicate yourself to me? Why don't you dedicate your workplace to me? Why don't you dedicate what you do to me? and allow my spirit to fill you. So the greatest news of all is those people had a blinged out tent that they set up and set down where they could meet with God. The New Testament reveals that you and I are the living, breathing tabernacles of God now. And by His Spirit, He lives inside you. Wherever you are, God by His Spirit wants to work through you. Wherever He is taking you, He wants to empower you to live. So maybe you are in the marketplace. Maybe you're in retail, hospitality. God bless baristas and kebab makers. Maybe you're in engineering. Maybe you're in design. Maybe you're in coaching. Maybe you're in management. Maybe you're in landscaping or law. Maybe you're in sales. Maybe you're in emergency services. Maybe you're in health. Maybe you're in trade. Maybe you're in mining, maybe you're in defence, maybe you're in teaching or childcare. And I'm sure I've missed some vital, amazing fields represented by those in this room and those joining us online. 
Maybe for this season of your life, your job is closer to home. Maybe you juggle raising kids, which is a marketplace all onto itself. And maybe you've come to the end of yourself and you're saying, I don't have enough and I don't know what to do and I'm falling apart. I wanna encourage you to adopt the attitude of Johann Sebastian Bach that put the initials JJ, Jesu, Java in front of everything, Jesus, help. And by the grace of God, maybe you're a business person and you feel the winds of change coming and you're wondering what's the next divine opportunity. Allow the Holy Spirit to breathe on it. Give you ideas and insights that could come from nothing and nobody else. Live dedicated. Because the other option is not to invite Jesus into what you do. Think of all that you miss in the process. Final scripture. Sorry, I've got to say this. Acts 17, 26, 28. From one man, God, He has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and boundaries of where they live. He did this so that they may seek God. Perhaps they might reach out and find Him, though He's not far from each one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being. Do you know that everything in the kingdom of God is an invitation? The decision is yours. Do what you want in the marketplace. God will not control you. And one of the most significant things revealed to us in Scripture is how God reveals Himself. You know, He could have chosen to be called Master. There's some parables where the character of God is called Master. That's how He could have chosen to be reserved to by us. As if we're His slaves, His workers. It's not how it plays out in Scripture. We're His co-workers. He works in us and through us. That's why He reveals Himself as Father, Heavenly Father. That's why Jesus, when teaching His disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6, said, pray this, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I wanna say to you today, wherever you find yourself in the marketplace or at home, it is God's desire that His kingdom come and His will be done through all of it because He is your heavenly Father. And I know for some that might be extremely challenging because your earthly Father did not measure up. But I gotta drop a bomb on you today. Your heavenly Father is not that. He loves you perfectly and He'll provide for you perfectly. And if you'll just press in and say, Lord, I dedicate my life to You. Lord, I ask that You would help me to develop the gifts and the abilities You have for me. Lord, I engage my heart in the whole breath of life. I do not live my life hoping to be switched off at night, plugged into a television and being force fed things that mean nothing. My life has a purpose. I have a gift to give. There are people I can impact, lives I can change. And maybe I don't see the legacy this side of eternity. And if it takes a hundred years for it to play out like Johann Sebastian Bach, so let it be. But let it be in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.